greatest things are said of you, Mary, for he who is mighty has done great things for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <coughs> Today is the second Sunday of Advent. Today is the festival of the Immaculate Conception. What happens when two solemn liturgical celebrations fall on the same calendar day? Occurrence, we call this, thereby leaving us with two sets of possible prayers. What do we do? Which set do you use? Well, sensibly, you use them both. So we celebrate with full solemnity the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, joining to it the proper prayers of the Sunday. Double the graces. Now today, however, I mention that because this is especially fortunate, because I think in the secret of the Sunday Mass, I think you discover a very succinct doctrinal theological exposition summary of the mystery of the Immaculate Conception. This is what that prayer says. Again, the secret for the second Sunday of Advent. Be pleased, we beg you, O Lord, with our prayers and sacrifices of humility. And where there are no merits at all stored up in our favor, hasten to us with your defenses. Nulla supetunt suffragia, where there are no merits stored up for us. Not a one. This prayer correctly announces our radical meritlessness before God, our, our total need of Him. Philosophy calls this contingency. The fact that we depend on God is our cause for everything. And that, as I was reading this text, that called to mind for me some of the things that we've been hearing at Prandium from Cardinal Sara in his book. Strongly expressed as it may seem, as the Cardinal says, there is indeed a kind of hatred of himself boiling in the spirit of contemporary man in the West. And the Cardinal rightly diagnoses the cause in this way. This is what he writes, quote, Contemporary man wishes to be the sole cause of everything that happens to him and everything that he is. To him, receiving appears contrary to his dignity. At the foundation of the hatred of man for himself is this refusal to accept oneself as a creature. In other words, a refusal to accept his meritlessness and his contingency, his creatureliness. The Cardinal says that this is the deepest malady at the heart of contemporary man in the West. The Cardinal goes on, though, to give the opposite truth. He says, quote, on the other hand, at the root of the human condition, there is the joyful experience that we are not the origin of our being, that we are not our own creator, that even before we existed, we were wanted and loved. Now, I think that brings us right to the Immaculate Conception. 
No human being is more aware of her creatureliness, her contingency, her dependency, her meritlessness, whatever word you want to use, no human being is more aware of that than the Blessed Virgin Mary. And no mystery makes this clearer than the Immaculate Conception. The Sacred Liturgy proved it to us. Yesterday, on the Vigil, Our Lady spoke in the introit, Psalm 65. Come, all you who fear God, listen, and I will narrate for you how much the Lord has done for my soul. Today she did exactly the same thing in the introit. I shall rejoice exceedingly in the Lord, for he has clothed me in the garments of salvation. Eloquent expressions of Our Lady's perfect creatureliness, her perfect reliance and contingency. So it turns out then that the grace of the Immaculate Conception is the answer to the Advent prayer that I mentioned at the beginning. Where there are no merits stored up in our favor, that is, in the midst of our utter dependence on you, O God, hasten to our defenses. For those of us who suffer with original sin, there's no more, that's why we call it, call it original, because we can't do anything to get rid of it. It's so close to our origin. It's so close to us. We are born with it, unfortunately. We had to wait until our baptism to have it washed away. There was no merits stored up for us in our favor when we were born. But our Lord, in the Immaculate Conception, has indeed hastened to our defenses. For us, there was a delay slight one, please God, but there was a slight delay in our being washed clean of original sin. There was no such delay with the Virgin Mary. It was as if God hastened to her aid, like Mary hastened to her cousin in Elizabeth, to Elizabeth in the hill country, the visitation. Our Lady hastened to her. God, in a sense, hastened to Our Lady by preserving her most gloriously, from the least taint of any sin, from the first moment of her conception. That's God's hastening to her. And in hastening to Our Lady, He has hastened to our defenses as well. As the common theological formula had it, potuit decuit fecit. It was possible it was fitting, it was done. It was possible to preserve Our Lady from original sin. It was fitting to preserve her from original sin. It was done. Now today's mystery, for all that, it's fairly clear, I hope, but today's mystery is at times difficult to grasp because creatures that we are we are so fixed, we're so trammeled by time. And so thus to imagine that Mary was preserved from original sin by merits of Christ's passion, even before that same passion had taken place, this taxes us. We feel that it violates the truth of time. 
But if you think about it, a violation is a kind of destruction, is a kind of spoiling, it's a kind of contradicting something. But the Immaculate Conception is no such thing at all. It's no spoiling. It's no destruction. It's no contradiction in what God can do. For God, indeed, who can survey the entirety of his saving providence in a single glance, did indeed, in view of the Holy Cross, preserve Mary from original sin at her conception. Yet, Our Lady had need of this unique, prevenient grace because the whole world needed the Savior whom she would mother. Again, that returns to Our Lady's perfect reliance on God, her utter creatureliness. She knows that she needed this grace. She needed this grace because we all needed the grace. Because, as that Advent prayer said, there were no merits of our own stored up in our favor. And so, in the same way that the Immaculate Conception doesn't damage the reality of time, it doesn't damage our freedom or any such thing, our being creatures is no violation of our freedom and our dignity. We Catholic Christians don't have that, hopefully, please God, we don't wrestle with this hatred at our creatureliness. In fact, we boast in it. We brag about it. Because the Immaculate Conception, among many other mysteries, but the Immaculate Conception, most dramatically of all, proves that the Almighty can do marvelous things with our meritlessness. The Almighty can do marvelous things with our creatureliness. The Almighty can do marvelous things with our dependency, with our contingency. Which is why the Cardinal can say, quote, Man's dignity consists in being fundamentally a debtor and an heir. Man's dignity consists in being fundamentally a debtor and an heir. Thus it's clear that the soul of man was made not for hatred and suspicion, but for grateful love. That's what every image of Our Lady shows. That we were made for grateful love, not suspicion, not hatred, not rejection. Glorious things are said of you, O Mary, for he who is mighty has done great things for you. And so, because of that, today we boast We boast in the bold and beautiful grace given to Christ's Immaculate Mother and ours. Again, we can boast about a lot of mysteries in the faith, but I think this one is most boastworthy of all. One final point. Where do we do this boasting? Where do we most especially live out the dignity of our dependency on God? Where do we brag the loudest about our being creatures? We do this in all sorts of spheres of life, 
Anytime we choose the good and avoid the evil, anytime we practice the works of mercy, we proclaim our creatureliness. It's true. In just about anything we can do, we proclaim our dependence in God's greatness. But the place where we do this most best of all is within the sacred liturgy. To boast and brag and be proud of our creatureliness, which is the very thing we are about right now. Glorious things are said of you, Mary, for he who is mighty has done great things for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.